All right, guys, welcome back for uh, another episode of Hard Knocks UT here. We're on with Leland Paul, Lowe, DR Ball, Fall Bandit, the usual gang here. Um, so what's going on, guys? What's what's going on tonight? Morning the loss. Licking our wounds. Morning, loss. So we would be uh, one score against Pitt away from being three and one, huh? Yeah. Don't remind me. We're a bad quarterback in the first half away from being three and one. All right. I feel like everybody on the show's probably got some uh, some bent up shit about this game that we just had to sit through. So we'll just go around and uh, everybody just release your anger from from the loss of Florida. Let it out. <laughs> so uh, this game actually uh, went the opposite of what I thought. I thought that we we would struggle at the beginning, get behind, and then come back at the end, make it like a two-score game or something. It actually happened the opposite. We were stay- we stayed with them at the beginning, uh, lost our lead, lost our mojo a little bit, um, and got behind. And towards the end there, um, I love how Hopple had us ready to go at the beginning. Uh, we went three and out at the first drive. Um, they uh, – I'm trying to see if they – so they, we go three and out. They score. We come back down the field, score again. They come down and get a field goal. We go back down the field and go 14-10. And I'm like, okay, maybe we have something here. Maybe we have – maybe we can stay in this game. Maybe we can put up some points on the board on this defense. And honestly, both touchdowns was like big plays. It wasn't like, you know, seven, play, eight play drives eating five, six minutes off the clock. It was uh, a couple plays here and there, and then boom, somebody would sprout open and, and score. Um, I, I'm going to – obviously, there's the elephant in the room about the drop pass. I said it when it happened. I tweeted it. Um, once he dropped that pass, we were done for. That was it. That was all our mojo. Um, I saw a screenshot from on Twitter after the game. It was like behind the quarterback, and you could see nothing but grass down the field and I just think that's typical Tennessee that's that's typical Tennessee Florida I I think it's more of a mental thing people say that Kentucky football has like a mental block against UT well we have a mental block against Florida and those type plays have happened for the past 20 years and uh if the role if the roles were reversed Florida and they in that same play Florida would have caught the ball they would have went down the field and scored but it just, it's just something that just happens to Tennessee. And um, I think, God, I just – Hopple's play calling is just amazing. Like, he's getting these guys not only open, but he's getting these guys wide open. And when, when we have a QB to finally hit them, we can't catch them. When we don't have – when we have the receivers that can catch them, we don't have the QB that can hit them. So, it's like, if we can only just get on the same page about this um, – Defense played okay. I wish they forced a few more turnovers. Um, but, yeah, after that fourth down drop, that was it. And that's all I got about the Florida game. I think one of the biggest positives, at least for me, is how aggressive Hypel stayed throughout the game. Like, a lot of times 
I don't know. I just felt like when we get down with previous head coaching stats, we try to run the ball out and get out of there with a lesser score. I mean, if if Hooker connects that like 60-yard pass to Jacob Warren when he's just sitting there wide open, I mean, it's a completely different game because then we don't even have that fourth down where Callaway drops the ball. And I think this game showed that how much our lack of lack of death really killed us because when our starters were dead, especially on defense, you notice how killer – that run game was on our guys just because we don't have anybody to throw in there. I mean, we don't have SEC talent to back up these guys. So when you're thinking about Jawan Mitchell and Jeremy Banks playing 50 to 60 snaps a game, that's just not reasonable. I mean, we look at it from a standpoint like Alabama and Florida and the big programs right now in college football, they have those guys to come in to relieve their starters. And you don't miss that. There's not a huge talent gap there. I mean, if you take away our starting linebackers, we have high schoolers playing for us. I mean, there's really no talent there in those key positions on defense. And I think, to me, that is why you saw such a big disparity in points towards the end. I mean, yeah, there's a couple of our plays we didn't execute on, and we missed a couple of easy throws from Hooker, whether it was bad or bad, uh, bad throw or bad catch. But we have to look at it from a position that it's time to realize – I think we this game really made us realize just how much Pruitt fucked us in the end. Because a lot of the scholarship guys we had left, it was a he made a shitty situation, and nobody wants to be in a crappy situation when they can go play meaningful minutes in a school who's in position to win. And regardless of how, what Heupel obtained, you can't blame this on him. He lost, I think it was twenty plus guys to the transfer portal, and I think like fourteen of them were starters. So you lose fourteen starters. I don't care. I mean, we went three and seven, so they weren't that good. But you're missing guys like Darrell Middleton. Eric Gray on offense, Keyshawn, or was it, yeah, it was Keyshawn Lawrence that transferred, right? Or was it Danico Slaw? Oh, yeah. So Keyshawn Lawrence transferred. You're missing Wanya Morris on the line. I mean, just a lot of big pieces. Henry Toto, as much as we hate that guy, he was a humongous part of our defense here. So you look at that and you just realize how big of a depth depth issue we have right now. And, I mean, I know we hate to say give the guy two or three years, but, if we keep firing coaches, that's just what we're going to have to do. You can't expect a guy who got three and seven talent and the lesser of that three and seven team to go out and beat teams like Florida on the road in year one. I'm going to hype it up every year. Florida could be number one and we could be unranked 0 and 3 going into the game. And I'm still going to say we're going to win just because I hate Florida that much. But at the end of the day, we can't expect to win these games unless we give Hypo enough time to strengthen his depth. Yeah, so I. I kind of I agree with the other guys in terms of everything that happened. Although with Leland, you know, he thought we'd make a comeback at the end. I kind of had a bad feeling about just injuries in general. Um, I thought that we would come out with a hot start and then kind of fall off, which is what happened. But one thing that I really loved, I can just I can see game to game improvements in almost every position. Um, I thought Hooker really took some leadership in this game. I thought he played he played pretty well. Um, overall, there were less missed throws. I thought there were more dropped passes. Let me put it that way: more dropped passes than they there were missed throws. There were still like a lot of overthrows or missed throws, but in general, I felt like the receivers could have made made some of those catches, especially the Callaway catch. That about absolutely killed me uh, when he dropped that. I I came unglued. 
and everyone probably knows that because they saw my Twitter account and I was tweeting like an absolute psycho, but that's just how I am. Please don't take me seriously. Um, there was also, I usually am praising special teams, but <laughs> I don't know if anyone caught that we only had nine guys on the field at one point. Uh, we were supposed to run back a punt and then both of our number ones ran off and we had nine people on the field. I was like, oh my God. So they kind of got a bad grade for me this week. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I guess, oh, some really, some things that I saw, I felt like Hooker did a really good job improvising, but we had some terrible snaps and false starts that really took away some of our third down efficiency and kind of ruined some of the momentum that we had on some of those drives where we ended up having to punt. And I guess that's just, you know, growing pains. Um, but it does suck when you see the momentum and the potential there. And then we have some dumb penalties or we have two false starts in a row or we have a couple really bad snaps. You know, it's it's hard to sit through that. Um, but like Paul said, yes, it's a year one team. It's. I really do think they're a lot better. Um, they have a lot better effort. And we are just going to have to be patient. Um, we can still see the, see what's going on, but I think we are going to have to be patient and just let them figure it out, go through these growing pains, because I do think there is a lot of potential and a lot of positive things moving forward. And once they figure it all out, get the depth squared away, I do think that we're going to be kind of a force to reckon with. But as far as this past week, I'm willing to just look at some of the positives that I saw and move forward. All right. I've got some positives and I've got some negatives. I'll start with the positive. Uh, we had no turnovers. In the first half, we had three more yards per play than they did. And then the stat that's kind of amazing to me because of all the drops is they had 7.9 yards per pass, and we had 8.9 yards per pass. Um, negative, our receivers couldn't catch COVID that game if they had to. I mean, it, it was awful. Um, and lo like Lowe said, I had written down, Cooper Mays on third down, I don't know what the snapping issue was. Uh, I, I know he was really hurt that game, so maybe that's what it was. But we got to get that under control. Um, third downs, we've got to get off the field on third down. Florida was nine for 14. As compared to our offense, we were five for 13. And then penalties, some of the most senseless penalties. You know Jeremy Banks is going to get them. But the rest of the team, we had 10 penalties for 85 yards. We've got to clean that up. Our margin for error is way less than – well, Florida. Florida had a turnover. We had none. And they still beat us by more than the cover, which cost me and Leela money. Um, but that's about all I got. There's a lot of things we got to clean up, <clears throat> you know, and at first I was a little embarrassed by the nine men on the field, which he is the anti Derek Dooley. Dooley had too many. We didn't have enough. Um, but we did score on that drive three plays later. So unfortunately when Milton's out there though, our baseball team and football team have a lot in common, nine men on the field, no quarterback. That's all I got. Uh, the the Tennessee spread also cost us a hoodie there, buddy. Forgot to, forgot to throw that in there. I got um, you no. Know, I said last week on the show, uh, one of the guys we needed to shut down was Jacob Copeland. Uh, he ended up only having thirty two yards and a fumble this game. 
Um, the trouble is with that, Florida ended up spreading the ball to nine different players. You had nine different players with catches against Tennessee. Um, most of them had anywhere from 20 to 50 yards, but they really spread the ball on us. And uh, we said we said we needed to stop the run against Florida. Man, we didn't. Um, I felt towards the end of the game, our D-line was absolutely gassed. Um, I thought they lacked intensity coming out of halftime. Um, I thought, I, honestly, I wrote I wrote down in the second half that uh, Emory Jones looked like a, a baby Lamar Jackson out there. Um, anybody, uh, I know DR touched on the no turnovers. Um, looking back, three points really wouldn't have, have made it any difference in this game. What did you guys think about going into halftime with six seconds and a timeout? You guys, you guys think we should have tried to run one more play and then hit the timeout? I mean, maybe uh, make a 38-yard kick. I wanted to touch on that. I actually completely forgot about that. Um, yeah, because, I mean, it, it ended up not really making that big of a difference, but I, I, I didn't like it at the time at all. My whole timeline was nothing but miss clock management, miss clock management, like the entire timeline. And I'm like, I don't understand. Um, we we got a field goal attempt. It wasn't a 56-yarder. It wasn't a 60-yarder. It was 47. We I don't think we would have had enough time. If, if people say the mismanagement, the clock mismanagement, was because they wanted a touchdown, we still had – what we were on the what what yard line were we on like the 40 something we still had that many yards to get to the touchdown i don't understand the clock mismanagement we got the field goal it was a good it was a good solid uh 47 yarder that most kickers should should um i'm a cowboys fan if 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 you if you want to talk about uh, clock mismanagement go watch mike mccarthy a couple halves that's clock mismanagement i don't think hopple really did anything there um it goes back to my point that I hate kickers. I can't stand kickers. Hate them. Hate them all. Um, we should. You got to hit a forty-seven yarder on the road. You have to hit that. But uh, somebody else. Uh, what does everybody else think about that? The clock mismanagement thing that people were bitching about. My thing was this. It's not necessarily how that he kept a timeout. It's how he used it. Because if you recall the play before, it took us to six seconds. We were down with like fifteen. But instead of he had two timeouts, I would use a timeout there take a shot in the end zone, and then you have that one timeout. So even where if we catch it in the middle of the field, we still have that timeout in our back pocket. It's not necessarily that I think we should have been greeting go for the touchdown, but the fact of the matter is you're on the road. And to pull an upset, you can't play, like, back. Like I, And I, I think Hypo coached a great game. I'm not saying that. But we got that last play with, like, 15 seconds left, and we were tackled. And instead of calling one of our two timeouts left, we hurry up to the line and try and throw a quick pass play. If your plan was to run another play, I don't understand why you don't just take a timeout, take the shot with 15 on the clock. Hooker would have to scramble for like a whole minute for that 15 seconds to run off in one play. And if the first read's not open, you tell your guy to get out of the pocket and throw it away, and then we kick the field goal. Like I, I just don't understand that. But, I mean, I'm not bitching about it because at the end of the day, it, we got a, like Lean said, we got a 47-yarder on the road. I mean, you got to hit that. Let me let me add something just real quick. Um, so there was a lot of blue checks also um, the other day talking about how in one of the one of the plays on that drive that we should have called timeout instead of 
rushing to the line, when you get a first down, the clock stopped. When you when you get a first down, the clock stops, and you rush to the line, and you snap the ball, you're literally losing half a second. You're not losing any time. You want especially, to save – go ahead. Go ahead. Especially, especially in this offense. I mean, it came out today that um, through through this last week, we're the fastest offense in the country, Two. 2.99, so basically three plays a minute we're getting off. So in any type of clock two-minute drill, you want to save your timeouts for the other side of 50 or later in the drive for the field goal or whatever. So these blue checks were like, you need to call timeouts. No, you get the first down, you're literally losing half a second to snap the ball. So I didn't understand that, and – um Another thing somebody else made a good point was if you call timeout, you're, def- you're getting the, the opponent's defense set. So I didn't understand that, but but whatever. Well, I'm playing – I'm going to play devil's advocate here and go off the thoughts of maybe Hypel wanted to test their two-minute drill on offense and figure out if they could actually run that fast of an offense and draw, drive down the field. Um, I could see why some people were so pissed about it, but at the end of the day, we still got the field goal attempt. Like Leland was saying, I really didn't think it was that much of an issue really at all. And in the grand scheme of things, it definitely wasn't, but I thought that our defense or our offense looked really good on that drive and they were moving the ball quick and it seemed like they felt comfortable and I think Florida was just expecting Heupel to call the timeout at that time, and maybe that's why he didn't do it. Um, So that's kind of what I thought when I watched the whole thing. We still got to the field goal attempt, and we still missed it. Um, If he wouldn't have got to to the kicker and had the kicker try for the field goal, I could see why there was more. There'd be more of an uproar. But honestly, I thought he did fine managing that, and we still went in the half at a three-point deficit, um, and we could have tied. So I didn't see that as too huge of a deal. I saw the dropped pass from Callaway as the biggest deal of the game by far. So I just want to say this. What about like, – can we just give some credit to Hendon Hooker? Dude played phenomenal for his first SEC game. On the road, zero turnovers, two big touchdown passes – Look more composed than we've seen a quarterback play in five years, really. And but if you give if he, if he gets that pass to Callaway, that's three touchdowns. Yeah. Um, long ball situations. Like, can we just give Hooker credit? Because I don't see anybody hyping up Hooker. I'm, I'm a huge. Uh, I thought that was one of my. I didn't know if we were going to dive into all the positives and negatives at the beginning, but and I kind of touched on it earlier, but. I thought he really took kind of command of, of his team for the most part. I saw the leadership quality that I said like would have to happen from the starting quarterback, and I really thought he did an awesome overall. He did probably the best that he could have performed given all the circumstances, injuries, random crazy snaps and everything else. So, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to give Hooker a bunch of credit. I was I was the guy in preseason that if it got mentioned that Hooker might be the starting quarterback, I was I was out. I wasn't having that. I was a Bailey guy. I was a Milton guy. I was anything but a Hooker guy, mainly because of the injuries. I I, I had no faith in him to stay healthy. 
Dude's coming off two torn ACLs back-to-back years. And, uh, man, he's proven me wrong. I mean, that dude does not look like he's afraid to, to tear an ACL out there. He's giving it his all. Absolutely. Um, going back to what Leland said uh, kind of at the beginning of this uh, segment about um, kind of it feels like when we're on offense, we're just looking for the big play. I'd really like to see this team find a way to sustain drives. Um, maybe we did against uh, Tennessee Tech, but even against Bowling Green, it didn't feel like we were would sustain drives. It, it felt like we were hitting big plays. We were always trying to go straight to the end zone. Um, you know, I'd like to I'd like to see us hit like you know back to back ten yard plays and and really sustain a drive. I think the biggest thing right now is the lack of depth. Like I, I hate to just beat a dead horse, like I've said it already, but when your offense is scoring in a minute and 30 seconds and your starters are only out of the game for a minute and 30 seconds, they're hauling ass to get back out, and they're like, God, I feel like I was just on the field. I feel like we punted. I feel like we forced them to punt, got the punt return, went off the field, got a drink of Gatorade. My coach started to talk to us about some shit, and I were back out on the field because – Milton threw or Hooker threw a 75-yard bomb. Now, as fans, we're like, yeah, we want to score in a minute and 30 seconds every single time because then we're scoring 70 points a half. But at the same time, when you don't have that depth on defense and those and Jawan Mitchell's sucking air in the middle of the second quarter, you're like, oh, hell, we don't have nobody to come in for you because Pruitt paid all the guys and he's not anymore, so he, they're all gone. They're at bigger schools getting paid. Like, we, we're screwed. So, I mean, if you just look at that, I think I think what I don't think we're going to talk about this in a year from now when we when you have depth or two years from now when we have the depth, because our offense is going to be able to go out there. And Tim Banks is not going to have to panic when Jeremy Banks and Juwan Mitchell are looking at each other like they're about to die in the middle of the second quarter. But that's just me. Something else we've got to clean up is uh, penalties. Um, To put this in perspective, we had we had 10 penalties for 85 yards. Um, so we had 11 drives. You take that, the 85 yards divided by the 11 drives, that's seven and a half yards per drive. So just imagine our offense starting every drive with, with a first and 17 and a half. Did we have 11 drives or 13? I've got us at 11. Okay. Cause I checked the stats on ESPN. It said we were five or 13 on third. That's why I asked. I feel like one of those penalties with the uh, the targeting was the correct call. That was all day targeting. That's the definition of targeting when they get, when they should look it up. But the uh, catch interference. If I'm from me, we're catching the ball, and the person is at my computer screen coming full fledged at me. I cannot then decide to wave my hand and not expect to get my shit rocked. He was like two feet away in the middle of his hit, and then he raises his hand. I feel like that was home cooking, but I don't know. I don't like the call. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, I really think when – go ahead. uh, I was going to attack one of Lowe's comments earlier. (laughs) So earlier Lowe mentioned uh, something about being patient. I'm going to say it, and I I can't stand that phrase. I am tired of being patient. I am tired of saying we've been patient for 20 years. and I know there's there's different types of being patient. Like, yeah, patient, it's year one. But at the same time, like, look at look at this look at this fat troll from Arkansas winning right now. 
Pig Suey. I mean, he's winning. Nobody wants to go to Fayetteville. You know what's around Fayetteville? A Walmart. That's it. That's probably where they recruit from, honestly. But um, I am tired. We went toe-to-toe for a half with somebody that has been our daddy for the last 15 to 20 years in their place where we haven't won in 20 years. And we were a dropped pass away from, I can't remember the score at that point, but we were a dropped pass away from completely changing the game. Uh, James Franklin won nine games three years in a row at Vanderbilt. You know where they recruit from? Carnes High School, Powell High School, um, Carter. Like he's he he won with those types of players. I we're not we're not rolling freshmen. Remember in the first pod, I admitted that I really didn't know the personnel that much. I haven't really didn't keep up with it during the spring. I asked y'all. I said, "Are we rolling a bunch of freshmen out here?" And y'all said, "No." We're not. We're have we. These guys are older. They might not be as talented as maybe a couple freshmen that we could bring in or or whatever. Because obviously, if they're in the JUCO route, somebody gave up on them. Um, but I'm so tired of being patient. I, I I'm ready to I'm ready to win. I'm ready to beat somebody that we're not supposed to beat. Let I, me follow up on that, in Turk. Since he's attacking me, Paul, you got to give me. So first of all, Leland, you're quite a bit older than me. So my patience is a little bit different than yours. Um, ha- what I mean is I'm patient and I'm patient in Hypel giving him three years because I already see a way bigger turnaround from him in these couple games with the players that he has to work with than what I saw in all of Pruitt's time. That's what I mean by patience. I don't want to settle for mediocrity or worse, which is, you know, what we've dealt with. Um, That's just not what I want to root for. But I actually physically feel and see a turnaround. And I feel like if we just give Heifel a little bit of time, I, I really do feel positive about it. And it's the first time I can truly say that I can see like some improvements each week. Of course, there's some stuff that, you know, has regressed a tad, but I, that's what I meant by patience. I think we need to give him enough time because if I went there and people were already like, well, F this, I'm done being patient and I'm going into, I'm not even halfway through the season. I mean, that's just a hill that's impossible to climb. So that's where I'm going at that. I see where Leland's getting at though, because my problem is we use the same excuses that we've always used. Like, Wait till he gets his guys in here. We're young. We don't have depth. I've heard that every year, and, like, we look better than last year. I mean, we that's how it was. We went from Dooley to Butch, and then, what, when Butch left and Pruitt came here, we went from, what, two 300-pounders to 40 300-pounders or whatever, whatever the case was. I mean, I understand the patience thing, but people got to understand why we're getting so frustrated with things like that. I mean, we were never going to beat Florida. Don't get me wrong, but it – it doesn't mean we can't get pissed off and tweet stuff we may not mean in the moment. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a poster child for going crazy on Twitter. I totally did this past weekend. Um, I get just as frustrated as everyone else. But when I like bring it back to reality, because Twitter is like a live feed of my thoughts, basically. When I settle down and bring it back into reality is when I kind of come to these 
these types of conclusions. But like I said, no one has to agree with me. That's just my opinion. Y'all can think whatever you want. I'm oh, around yeah. Lowe's age group, so yeah. I'm going to agree with her on the patience thing. I think the biggest thing for me is that I've never really seen us be all that successful. I mean, if you think about it, I started watching football in 2007. So 2008, we fired Fulmer. And then t- the first coach I remember is Lane Kiffin. My mom looking at me saying, this guy's going to do it. This guy's going to be the one. He, he brought us to a bowl game in year one, almost beat Bam on the road. This guy's going to be the one, Paul. Okay, mom. F this, F that, F Lane Kiffin. Like literally like, like that's the first I remember of Tennessee football. So I've been patient through years of like suck because all I know is suck. Like all I know is Dooley, Butch, Pruitt. Like that's who I grew up on. I don't know Fuller or Fulmer in the 90s. I don't know anything past 2007. So when me and Lowe talk about being patient, it's either that or we don't watch college Tennessee football because all we know is sucky Tennessee football. Like when we beat South Carolina, we celebrate like we won the SEC championship. Like those are big wins to us. Like you guys got to watch the Tostitos Bowl in 1998. We didn't get to see that. We saw bullshit 42-41 or whatever the hell it was, South Carolina, Tennessee in 2014. That was a big win for us. Like we're living the dream right now when it comes to like keeping it close from Florida by 20. Like that's just how it is. I remember um, I remember through the Casey Clawson years, um, he was like 19 and one on the road. Their one loss was against Auburn. They got down by three touchdowns. They came back. I remember thinking, like, I remember when you, what, I remember when UT football used to affect me throughout the week, and I remember that Auburn loss, and I was so pissed because we lost, and it like affected me the next Sunday, affected me throughout the week. Sometimes I think our fan base, we have gotten so soft with our standards that that we have gotten to the point where it's 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 acceptable to only lose to Florida by 14. It's only acceptable or it's only acceptable to only lose to Bama by 28. That should that shouldn't be that shouldn't be it. We should be we should be, you know, piss porn mad because we lose in general. And I, I've never liked the whole moral victory thing and and I guarantee if we lost to Florida Saturday by a field goal or something, people would be, oh, you know, whatever. But in reality, we have got to get back to the point where where losing is is not going to be acceptable around here. And some of these programs and like Nebraska's of the world and the Texas's of the world and the Florida States of the world, these all-time programs like are, like us, we, we just need to get back to losing to Georgia State and losing to BYU. They're, one of them Al Wilson teams, could you imagine – if Al Wilson, you know, was on your defense and and Georgia State was running all over him and like, dude, I would have, I'd be fear for my life if I was a if I was a defensive player right next to him. And I just think that as a fan base, we need to get back to the point where, you know, it's, it's losing no matter no matter how you lose, is is an unacceptable. And I'm not saying to fire the coach every every time you turn around, but I, I see things on Twitter and they're just. It's just mind-boggling that how some of these fans fans think. All right, I want to tackle one more thing on this uh, Florida game before we move on to uh, this up-and-coming week. Um, we talked about the uh, the six seconds before halftime. You know, maybe you 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 throw a 
you know, an eight-yard pass on the sideline, get the clock stopped, make it like a 10-yard closer. So if you get it, if you get a little bit closer and you make that, or if we just make it where it's at, um, you go into halftime tied 17-17. The first time Tennessee got the ball after halftime, um, it was fourth down at the 42, the Florida 42. We went for it, fourth and four, we picked it up. You get it down, it's fourth down again, all the way down at the 30. Well, what do you guys think about going for it on fourth down twice? You're at the 30. If you kick it at the 30 and make it, it's 17-24. It said, you know, we didn't pick it up. Florida ends up scoring another touchdown. Um, To really put it in perspective, if you hit them both, it's uh, 20-24. But uh, you you think he didn't kick it at the 30 because we, we, I mean, we, we had just missed one. Going into halftime, what do you think that showed for his uh, um, concern at the kicking position? I've always, I've always, um, I've always believed that you need to cut down your possessions. Um, whether you score a touchdown or score a field goal, you're still down by two possessions. So if you if you if you come away with nothing, and granted, as we've seen, field goal kickers aren't automatic. But if you if you kick a field goal, you're down to one possession. If you go for it and and don't get the fourth down conversion, you know you're still down by two possessions. And I guess the same concept could be could be said if you missed a field goal, you you go you leave out of the possession with down two possessions. But if I have a pretty good field goal kicker, which I would assume this guy is, even though he missed the one before the half, I would I would like to cut down my possessions. I would have kicked a field goal there. Yeah, I mean, you go for it fourth and five at the forty-two. You pick it up. That's great. You got, and then you get it all the way down to the thirty, and it's like, why? Why are you really going for it again here? I think that just shows how little he trusted our defense in that moment. I think Hypel realized that the defense was going to get gassed due to once again the lack of depth. Every point I've made so far has been about that lack of depth. But I mean, it's a huge part of it. You don't want to put guys out there that aren't going to give you the best chance to succeed. And right now, regardless of how Alante Taylor and how Theo Jackson are playing, I'm not trying to take away from those guys, but our best unit other than special teams, if you're talking about who would you rather have on the field right now in our offense and defense, you have to say our offense solely because of the way Heupel runs it. If, But we don't even talk about this if we catch a wide-open pass. I mean, Heupel's play call was perfect. Double drag route, make the Florida defenders cross. They don't pick up Callaway. Callaway's wide open with space. So much space. Like, I'm fat and slow. I probably could have ran it up to at least to 10. Like that much well, space. Well. Uh, maybe the 20. He had a lot of space. I'm at least getting 10 yards. But the amount of the amount of space he had, he, like, he had a go-to play call that he knew was going to work 100% of the time. And it did work. Regardless, and it, it was just a drop pass. The play art was perfect. The play call was perfect. The execution from the quarterback was perfect. The blocking was perfect. Everything was perfect except for the finish and the result. And that, to me, is the most frustrating part about this, that it's even a discussion. Because if he makes it, we score. It's 24-21 in the middle of the third quarter, and we're on the road. Everybody's flipping shit, and this isn't even a discussion. I am um... – I think that maybe it's not even about the lack of confidence that he had in the kicker and more about the confidence that he had in Hooker and the offense to execute. 
Um, I mean, I didn't see really anything that wrong at that point where I wouldn't trust them to make that. And I think Heupel made a comment where about the drop passes where he was like, I never would have expected them to drop all these pack, pra, or passes based on what I see in practice. So some for some reason, it's not clicking. Either they're catching all of this in practice and can't do it in the games, or we're just being lied to or something. Because that, like Paul said, if that's if that is caught, then that's it. And it was per, it was a perfect pass. So I think he had confidence in his offense to execute. And for some reason, it sounds like to me they're able to execute all of this at practice and not in the game. And maybe that just comes with gaining more experience or playing more SEC games or playing more on the road. I don't know. Um, but that's kind of my take on that. Uh, I mean, we saw all-star of practice players the last five years, don't y'all think? Do what? Don't y'all think we've had an all-star group of practice players last five years? You know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about uh, all-star practice quarterback Jared Garantano for a second? But the, I, the best player of all time. I, I like the call at the time because I was feeling Hooker. I thought he was doing good, honestly. So, I mean, it, everything else y'all said, but I like the call. Um, Just saw a tweet from Ben McKee said, uh, I guess Josh Heupel just announced on ball calls that Hendon Hooker's been doing really good this week. Feels like he's progressing towards 100% for this weekend. Woo! All right, so let's dive into this Missouri matchup we got coming up. Um, Missouri's given up 270 rushing yards per game. How many rushing yards does Tennessee put up Saturday? So I was just going to mention how um, I was looking at their – I was looking at the box score of that game. And they had one rusher that was like 175. And to 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 build off your comment about Hooker, you might not even need Hooker. I mean, to for uh, for Saturday, like hell, throw my grandmother out there, run the read option a little bit. Let's let's get some rushing yards. You might not even need these receivers that can't catch and the QBs that can't hit the target and all that crap. Let's just run it. Now the only thing that is kind of making me weary about the running game is there hasn't been a lot of creativity in how you run the ball in the first couple of games. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe y'all have seen, seen something, but in the first couple of games, all I've seen is shotgun, hand the ball off a little bit of read. I haven't seen any type of, you know, I don't think, I don't think Hopple has anything under center. I've not, haven't seen any um, pistol formation. I haven't seen any types of, Jet sweeps. Uh, I haven't seen. I don't even know if Hopple's ran a reverse yet. Um, that's the only thing that kind of makes me. Uh, and I don't. I wouldn't imagine that he would save stuff past the Florida game. I think. Uh, I think. I think the penalties scare him from from trying stuff like that. I mean, we can't even. We can't even do a full game of snaps without getting five false starts. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine if we tried a reversal or something, something wild. Does um, what is what is the running back situation looking like? Does anybody know? Like, are we going to have both guys or, or do we only have one guy for Florida? I can't remember. Uh, uh, they were they were both out there. They were both out there. Okay, I think they'll uh, both play this weekend. Yeah, Trey Wallace told me that he expects both Tyon and Jabari to both be able to play. I'm gonna set a magic number. I'm gonna say if Tennessee has. 
150 yards to 200 yards rushing, they win the game by multiple scores. I'm, I'm going to set the number at that. What does everybody else think? Uh, I did a article actually today on Missouri, uh, the just the prep going into it, and I said two things about this game, and one of them was take advantage of how bad Missouri's rushing defense is. They can't tackle worth a shit. Boston College looked like they had Alabama's running back out there. Like, that dude was just going off. And it's just because how bad Missouri's running defense is. And I think they have, they've not seen a back like Tyon Evans or Jabari Small. I'm going to say we reach up to 250-plus rushing yards against them. Because I don't think we throw the ball hardly at all this game. Uh, why would you? You know, like, if we're getting, like, six, seven yards of carry, there's no reason to sling it. Like, there's just no point. Hooker can run. If you if you want to get Hooker involved, run with him. Let's run the read option. Let's run some triple option. Let's try it. Who cares? Literally, you can run any run play you want against this Missouri defense. That's just how bad it is. But I think the I I think we win by a couple scores as well. I, I don't see how we wouldn't. This Missouri team's not good at all on defense. And if it's Heupel and Hooker versus Basilak and Drinkwitz, I'm taking Heupel and Hooker all day. Give me Heupel's hookers and we'll take it to the house. Yeah, I I also think – I mean, I think Evans and Small, as long as they're both playing, I think they're going to have massive games. And following up on that, I mean, Hooker – I mean, depending on if he's 100%, like y'all were saying, I mean, we may not – I mean, if he's not, we may not even have to use him. I mean, because Milton can still run. And if we are really doing that well rushing, I don't see the reason to risk injury even – using hooker but i mean i think he deserves the start but if he's not 100 percent, i mean i would and we're doing well in the rush i would probably just throw milton in there and let him run some rushing plays honestly um if hooker is not like totally 100 percent, and we're playing well um but i don't feel very nervous at all especially after some of what i you know i saw some bright spots this past week on our offense and i just don't really see us losing this one people are probably like how are you confident in that i just am that's my only answer so yeah i think you know leland you said 150 yards i mean i know they're not florida but didn't we have that against florida rushing yards um i think we we broke 100 it was uh it was close to 150 I got it right here in front of me. It was it was one forty eight. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, I would say two. I'm like, uh, I think Paul had said it. I don't think we're really going to throw the ball. Just run it down their throat. And did y'all see who their defensive coordinator coordinator is? It's Steve okay. Will. Remember, he was the guy at Arizona that got fired after a year for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. yeah I had no idea until today. Uh, go ahead, Bandit. I got I got us uh, 300 yards plus rushing yards. I think uh, I think Evans uh, gets 100 plus. I think Smalls gets 100 plus, and I think whoever's at quarterback gets 100 plus. I just went through uh, Missouri's schedule and just looked up their four games. This is this is mind boggling. This makes Sal Sinceri look like Bill Belichick. So Central Michigan ran for 174. Okay. That's the lowest of the four games. Kentucky ran for 332. Oh, yeah. Southeast Missouri State. I had to look this team up because I didn't even know who it was. 
Southeast Missouri State ran for 294 and Boston College 275. I think Milo and DR can get out there and run for about 50 yards apiece on uh, Missouri next week. That's that why is, that's, that's why I threw 300 out there. I, I thought y'all were going way low. I think we get 300, no problem. I got you. That's crazy. Yeah, it's going to be – if we – I wouldn't even attempt over 20 pass attempts, 20, 25. If you can just run it down their throat, eat up clock. I know I know. Hopple loves going fast. But in this game, you don't need to go fast. You honestly don't need to. I think this game provides an opportunity for us to just see how good Hypo can mix in the run and the throw, especially when the run's working so much. Are you going to be able to, like, discipline yourself enough to stay with the run? Because we all know Hypo loves to generate big plays. So I'm, I'm interested to see if, like, we're running, like, just, like, seven run plays and we're, like, 40 yards down the field already because we're just pounding it, pounding it, pounding it. You think he takes a shot? Like, like that's a genu- genu- gen- genuine question. Do you think Heupel still shows his play calling even if the running is just, like, destroying Missouri's defense? Because we ran for, like Dr. Ball said, 148 yards against Florida's defensive line. Florida's defensive line is one of the best in the country, without a doubt. And Missouri's just not. So there's no reason that 300 yards is not plausible. Like, there's just no reason. I think if we throw the ball this game, it's going to be deep shots. I, th- I think we'll we'll run the ball four or five times straight and then try to take the top off. Well, I'm a hooker for a hooker. I would love to see a hooker throw the ball still 20-plus times a game, 20-plus times in this game, just because I love quarterback play. That's just something I like to see. But that's just me as a fan. What do you guys think about the what the what, – what, what will our defense do against this team? I think this Missouri team is built for our D-line to eat. I think Rodney Garner is licking his chops this game. Uh, I don't know. We kind of went out of order. I didn't know if I was. Yeah. Yeah. Open, open conversation. Open conversation. Um, I, I don't really, I mean, I think, I think they'll do great. I, I don't know. I don't have a lot to comment on that. I was kind of unprepared because I was waiting until my turn. (laughs) Well, like I said in my article, uh, Tyler Batty is utilized so much in this offense, whether it's through the throwing game, uh, through the running game. Heupel knows it. Gardner knows it. Um, I think we see a huge game from Jaquan Blakely. I think Blakely has a coming out party. I think he's going to go grab about four or five tackles for losses. Probably have 12 to 13 total tackles. I think uh, I think we pressure them to have to throw it just because I don't think Batty's going to be – I mean. Batty's had great games, but look at the de- defense they've played. Kentucky's not that great on the defensive front. Uh, who the hell is South Missouri State? Who the hell is – I mean, Central Michigan gave them a run for their money late into the fourth quarter. Boston College whooped their ass. I mean, it was an overtime, but if you actually watch the game, Boston College genuinely whooped Missouri's ass, like, in total. Like, if you could just watch the game, it did not show how much – Boston College dominated. Like, there was just a couple of broken plays where Missouri would score. But I just don't see a situation where Missouri has that great I'm, – I'm, I'm with Lowe. I'm not even worried about this game. Like, I fully expect to just come up to Knoxville with you guys and watch, just be happy the whole damn time, really. Come on, guys. Come on. Let's not – let's not – let's – 
let's not let's put down the crack pipe, okay? <laughs> I know. Tennessee. Ever since Missouri has been in the SEC, they've had our number, and I know we've beat them. I can't remember if we beat them two years ago because I try to uh, what. We're on a two-game streak. Okay, so they've had our number there for a long time. Um, let's let's not take anybody lightly. Let's take all the wins we can get. Um, I'm looking at the stats of this guy, Connor. I don't know if his name's pronounced Balzac. Uh, <laughs> Blazelac. Blazelac. Ball- okay, I thought it was Balzac. Um, <laughs> but um, he's thrown for <laughs> he's thrown for let's see, 303, 346, 294, 257. Um, he has ten touchdowns, three picks. He completes about sixty-seven percent of his passes. Um, looks like he doesn't take a lot of sacks. Um, he had ball sack doesn't take a lot of sacks. Imagine that. Um, so he. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know. This guy. This might be like a poor man's Drew Locke. Um, I, I heard some of the other the national guys talk about this guy and comparing him to Drew Locke and all that and. Drew Locke was pretty dang good. I don't think this guy is, is like Drew Locke. But uh Missouri is always like a like a like a weird thorn in your side. You know, they can come out slinging it one minute and then the next minute they can throw you a couple picks and make stupid bonehead decisions. I, I just I'm not gonna take anybody lightly. I mean we're Tennessee. Let's just let's just calm down a little bit. But do take uh, Tennessee plus three. Good money on that. I um I was gonna say I don't. I mean, I don't think we're going to blow them out of the water. I feel like saying we'll beat them. My, I was going to say we'll beat them by a touchdown. Um, one thing that I do feel positive about is I felt like we got a solid amount of pressure on Florida's quarterback, quarterback and he's super mobile. Um, and this quarterback for Missouri is not. So if we were able to get a lot, a decent amount of pressure on Florida's quarterback, I don't see why we can't sack ball sack. Uh, five, six times. I think uh, a plus to this game is whoever's playing quarterback for us, you know, if it's Joe Milton, there's an opportunity that all of us eating in Knoxville are going to be able to catch a game ball. And, you know, to me, I just think the possibility of it being – that just that possibility is worth it enough. I mean, you know, he's used to overthrowing balls in Neyland. So, you know, we're around Neyland. We might get a game ball in an away game. And I'm just blessed to have that opportunity. Uh, uh, I lost it. I lost can I, it. Can I make y'all eat crow for a minute? I'm yeah. gonna boast. I'm gonna boast a little bit. Remember in that first podcast, y'all were all about some Joe Milton. And I asked y'all, I'm gonna I'm gonna grill y'all for the rest of the season on this. I asked y'all, I said during Tennessee's bye week, I think Tennessee's bye week is what, late October or early November. It's, uh, I asked y'all, so what do y'all think if Joe Milton, will there be a quarterback change? Every single one of y'all laughed at me. Now you hate on him. I just want to boast a little bit. He hit my car know. in a parking lot, okay? I'm just going to boast a little bit. I'm not going to crown anybody the next coming until they play a full season or at least I see something that they can do. But I just wanted to throw that out there. I was right about that. In, in recall, I recall saying that he – I wouldn't think there would – we would see a change unless there was an injury or something with which there was. And then we oh. saw him come in and he performed well. So I rest my okay. case. 
Okay. All right. All right. Oh, I got I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, have to go not, back and uh Milton's not um Milton's not getting his job back if he's healthy. I'll I'll say that. I agree. I don't think he is either, which I mean, I don't think I mean I think Hooker deserves it. So you can you can go back to everything I said before. That's fine. I like to be called out. I'll uh, between now and the next pod, I'll check the stats on that. I'll go back to the first pod and write down what everybody said because I do remember you asking about that. Um, anybody else got anything they want to talk about on this Missouri game? Chase McGrath makes a field goal of more than forty yards. I got some negaball here. So that Tyler Beatty that I heard a Missouri beat writer day on the radio, he was talking about him getting like 90% of the plays. You know, who's going to have a coming out party this game. Y'all remember Elijah young that Pruitt cut the night before Well, he's on Missouri. So I fully expect him to be out there plenty. That's the South dual kid, right? Yeah. And as I far can see as, that. Yeah. As far as the Milton stuff, I'm with Leland. I thought it, the preseason hype on him was nauseating. Because I remember Jonathan Kongbo and Dontavious Blair being the second coming of football crust. And now look at it. Who's Dontavious Blair? He was a left tackle supposed to replace Tiny Richardson when he left. And he oh. was gone. That dude ended up being probably one of the biggest Juco busts we've ever had. He was he couldn't see the field. We didn't even have a good offensive line that year. And he couldn't beat out whoever it was. He he was one of the biggest busts we've ever had. Yeah, you you remember that Leland for three years is like, well, another year in the strength program. He's gonna be our left tackle. <laughs> I, I remember that narrative. I do remember that narrative. Well, you guys ready to give up some score predictions for this weekend? Yeah, that's good. All right, let's hit them. Uh, so I'm gonna go uh, some betting picks here. I'm gonna go over, hammer the over. There's gonna be a lot of scoring. I don't think both defenses are anywhere near really anything special. I think Tennessee's defense is just a, you know, more than a smidge. Because if you give up 294 to Southeast Missouri State, uh, you know, you, that's pretty shitty. Um, so Tennessee's defense is better by not, by not much. Uh, high scoring, hammer the over. Uh, I'm going Tennessee – I'm going Tennessee Orange Glasses 41 to 31. That's my score. So I'm hovering around Neyland. I'm not far off of Leland. Uh, I think Tennessee does exactly what everybody expects to do, but I think we also turn some heads. I actually think we kick their ass, full Orange Glasses on. Um, my final score prediction is going to be 45-28. I think we see a big game from the rushing attack. I think Tyon has three or maybe two rushing touchdowns. Whoever's playing quarterback is going to have one or two, and I think Jabari has two as well. I think we get about five rushing touchdowns combined throughout the game. All right. Um, real quick, what was what is the over-under on, on this game right now? Does anyone know? Was it 60-something, 60 63? I, I got it today at 64-and-a-half. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, okay, because I my final score prediction, I think, like I said, I don't, I don't feel uncomfortable saying we win by a touchdown. I'm going to be kind of conservative just 
just for the sake of it and say 38, 31 balls. Um, and I'll take the over in my next probably failed parlay. Oh, gosh. Orange color glasses. I, I was actually going to go as high as 52, but uh, I'm going to bring it down a little bit. I'll go 45, 31. I've got it um, 44-24. I think we beat them by 20. I think we run all over them. I don't, I don't think they can throw on us. I also would like to say our defense – bold prediction. Leatherman's bold prediction for the week. Our defense forces at least three turnovers against this offense. Uh, I'll, make a, I'll make a deal with you all. If we're, if we're all going out Saturday at Fieldhouse – if we if we if we win by three touchdowns, I'll buy everybody a round of shots. I'm only taking Patron. <laughs> I'm too poor for that. Vodka. <laughs> if we win by three scores, drinks on me. Scores or touchdowns? Ooh. Um, three field goals would be three scores. Points. I shouldn't have said anything. I should well, have said anything. Well, that'd be two scores, right? Yeah. If it's three. Three plus three plus three. That's three scores. That's, that's three, three scores. scores. That's no, not three no, touchdowns. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll say 21 points. 21 points. All right. So now the over under is 64, but we are all plus 20 because we need free alcohol. Uh, yeah. Good point. All right, guys. You ready to head on out of here? Let's get it. Let's do it. All right, guys. We are done for the night. Thanks for tuning in. Um, the ATB crew is going to be down at Fieldhouse Social for the game this week. So come on down, hang out. Um, they aren't they aren't paying us to go there. So that's uh, free advertisement for Fieldhouse free Social plug. there. If anybody down there is watching. so uh, Hey, hold on, hold on before you end it, before you end it. We have a couple chat score predictions. Oh, shit. At Lil Bud Hill 51 says 28-24 balls. At Christina Tiffin says 38-24 balls. And then Roomba Man has 35-21 balls, and he says hashtag guaranteed win. Oh. Okay. I'm, I'm borderline that amount of confidence on this game. I really am. I think I think after this game and the South Carolina game, we'll be sitting four and two, kicking ourselves in the ass for that pit game because we could have been five and one. I think I told y'all in group we got to start beating the people that we consider below us. We got to start making it a regular thing, and this is where it starts in the Hopple era. One hundred percent. Let's go balls! All right, see y'all Saturday. Go balls!